You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, and welcome to the Planetial Podcast, Future Rich. I am your host, Barbara Ginty. I'm also a CFP, which is a certified financial planner. And I am here with my guest today, Linda. Hi, Linda. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And we were chatting a little bit before we got started, and I'm very excited because you are my first guest from Colorado. Yay! (laughs) Yay, Western State, finally! All those people in the West, please reach out. We want to have more representation on this podcast. Um, so how did you choose your fake name? So there is this video of a little boy arguing with his mom. And he goes, Linda, Linda, listen to me. And I feel like that's my favorite <laughs> animal. Like when I'm shopping, my brain's like, Linda, Linda, listen to me. You don't need another pair of shoes. So it's your it's your alter ego. Yeah. You're like, hey, you don't need to do that. Don't, don't spend that money. Exactly. <laughs> Very good. Okay, cool. I always like to know how people come up with fake names. And we have now been warning people in advance of coming on the show that they have to have a fake name because we, when we did season one, we didn't tell anybody until they got there. And they're like, oh, we'd say to them, what's your fake name? And they're like, oh, I didn't know I needed one. And it would be like literally like five to 10 minutes of trying to figure it out. (laughs) It's hard to come up with. I know the moment I was like, I need a fake name. I know exactly what it's going to (laughs) be. Some people like are right at it. And then other people are like, oh, this is a big decision. <laughs> so you're from Colorado. Um, how old are you? What's your status? Married, single? Um, what do you do for work? How much do you make? All that jazz. Yeah. So I'm 27 and mm-hmm. I'm single. I'm actually in a long-term relationship. We've been together for four and a half years. Oh, that is a long time. I know. I'm waiting for him to put a ring on it. <laughs> <laughs> You should have him listen to this podcast. <laughs> oh, he will. <laughs> um, I'm a dental hygienist. I just um, went to the dentist. You'll be so proud of me. Yeah. What did they say? Any cavities? No, no cavities. Oh, nice. I'm really good. I go every six months. Oh, yeah. You're one of our favorite patients then. Okay. Good. <laughs> um. So it's actually interesting. I don't work for one office. I work for like a temp agency. So I make my own schedule. 
So my income fluctuates a lot. It's kind of a double-edged sword. Like I can work as much as I want or as little as I want. Okay. But I would say on average, before taxes, I I make about 50000 a year. Perfect. Okay. Um, now, do you live in a city in Colorado or do you live like more in the suburbia? Sub- I can't even say that. <laughs> suburbia. Suburbia. I'm kind of I suburbia. that terribly. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little north of Denver, so... Okay, so Which the cost yeah helps a little there. Okay, um, so that's interesting. So with the temp agency, do you get benefits through them? I don't, and that's okay. also another thing about hygiene. So most dental offices don't really offer benefits uh-huh. um, because most hygienists or dental offices are only open four days a week. Okay, so it's not really ever full time. Oh, so they kind of trick you with that, huh? Yeah. that's a bummer I know so and since I'm not married or don't own a house or anything I can't claim anything on my taxes so I feel like I lose out a lot on that too yeah Hmm. and so when the temp agency pays you is it w-2 or 1099 w-2 w-2 but just they but because they're temp they don't offer any what they would call fringe benefits it's just the pay right right so I have to contribute to my IRA on my own well, look at that. You know what that is. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, so yeah, so tell me what's going on with your finances. Okay, so how long have you been a hygienist? Um, for five and a half years now. Oh, good for you. So not too long, but yeah. Um, I guess I'm a little different than most people who have been on the podcast because I don't have student debt, but I have consumer debt. Well, that's it. That is a first. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like I was having such a hard time paying off my debt. Like I'd get so burnt out, and then I put maybe too much on my card, and then use my card again, and then finally just something clicked last December, so December two thousand eighteen, and since then I've paid off three thousand dollars. That's amazing. Um. So now I what just, what changed? I don't know. I just. I felt like I'm almost, I turned 27 in February. So I was like, I'm almost 27. I don't want to be in debt anymore. I told my boyfriend that I don't want to get married until I'm out of debt because I don't want him to inherit my debt. Right. You don't want to go into the marriage starting out like that. Right. And um, my parents are retired. So we would have to pay for our, we wouldn't have to, but I would not let them pay for our wedding. Right. And that's a big, big expense. Actually, huge. I, I, yeah, a huge expense. Yeah. And you don't want to go into planning that already with having consumer debt, you know, that's on, you know, in the back of your mind. So how much do you have left? 3,900 exactly. Oh, wow. To the T. Now <laughs> on that, is it one card? It is. So I actually finally, once I was like, I'm going to do this for real, I consolidated all to a 0% card. Perfect. So that will kick in in November. So honestly, I want to have it completely paid off by this summer. I would, yeah. You've had, um, I think it was Natasha on the podcast. And I, uh, yeah, I really Nat- dare so much because I spend all my money on vacations too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Natasha is my sister. Uh, <laughs> we're doing a couple of like one-on-ones with me and her this season just to go over like different topics because she's pretty, yeah, she's interesting. Uh, so, yeah, she sends all of her money on vacations. <laughs> Which, you know. She's literally, she's on vacation right now as we speak. Oh, lucky girl. <laughs> yeah, she's always on vacation. Um, 
So what, so how, okay, so like, let's go over your budget and see, is it realistic for you to get this paid off by November, do you think? Oh, definitely by November, but I would love to do it sooner. That would be amazing if you could do it sooner. Right, yeah. Because then you could, if you wanted to, you could save some of the money that what you're putting towards credit cards, even split the difference, like half for a vacation and half for the future wedding. Yeah, and that's also what I want to talk about, like how should I allocate all my money once this is paid off? Yeah, because it frees you up. Then you're a free bird. Right. Like, should I just max out my RA? Should I start saving for a house? What about a wedding? Like, don't even forget about the fully funded emergency fund that I don't have. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> okay, so let's talk about what comes in every month and then where everything goes. And then we'll tackle. So you have a bunch of goals. So house, emer- well, emergency fund is going to be first. Oh, and really? Then- okay. Yeah. Emergency fund, people don't love the emergency fund as much as I love the emergency fund. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of the emergency fund. Um, most people aren't because they just see the money sitting there and they think they could be making money with it or doing something different, but it's so important to keep all the other goals in place that you have that cash available because there will be an emergency at some point. Something will go wrong at some point. Definitely. Um, so I guess my other question is I have an HSA. I just opened it. So there's really nothing in it. Is it better to use that as an emergency fund or actually have an emergency fund in my savings account? I I think the HSA is great. And for those of you um, listening, that's a help savings account. And you can, you put money in that and uh, pre-tax, and then you can use it for healthcare expenses. And that one, you can roll into a retirement account eventually if you don't use it. Right. Yeah. That's kind of why I opened it. Yeah. It's no, it's a great, it's a, a great idea to open it. Um, that can supplement for you, you know, when it comes to the medical emergencies. I still think it's good to have something in in savings for, you know, like something with your, uh, I didn't ask, but if your apartment or mm-hmm. it, it's, it'll be a very good idea to do it, especially if your future goals are house and wedding, because okay. you want to get in the habit of having, when you own a house, you definitely want to be in the habit of having like a cash emergency fund because things always go wrong when you own a house. Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) Yeah, I own one and like people say there's like always something and it literally is always something. When we first, so we're renting a tiny, a really small house right now. And when we first moved in, our water heater broke and it was like three grand to fix it. It was ridiculous. Yep. So that's why it, it's it'll be good for you to get in the habit of always having cash aside that's for emergencies that doesn't do anything else that's it there just to keep everything else in your financial life safe. Um, because you'll definitely down the road, re, you know, as you progress farther in your with your finances, you'll always want to have that because um, it, it prevents future problems, really. Because like okay. what, if you didn't have the cash and you have to have the water heater, right? Right. <laughs> it's flooding in your basement. It has to get fixed. You have to call the plumber. You can't say, oh, well, I can do it next month when I have extra money. So then if you don't have the money, then it goes on a credit card. And as you know, with credit cards, it's so dangerous because with the interest rates, it's hard to get out of them once you're in them. It's so dangerous. Yeah. And so dangerous. when it's like, oh, just a minimum payment. Yeah, I can do that. It's a minimum <laughs> payment for your life is basically, it should be like, yeah. this is a minimum payment for the rest of your life. <laughs> Okay, so you what what do you have coming in monthly? So I think it's about just recently it's been just shy of three thousand. Okay, and then how much do you spend for rent? It's four hundred and eighty eight dollars. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and then 
so my boyfriend pays the cable and then I pay the utilities. So the utilities okay. is 150. 150. Okay. And then 488 is your half of the rent. Yes. Perfect. Um, yeah, we got a steal. Actually, Colorado is getting so expensive. I was going to say, I was expecting your rent to be higher given that you're north of Denver. Well, we moved from an apartment south of Denver and we were paying almost 1800 Whoa. I know that's kind of the norm right now in Colorado because everyone's moving here because <laughs> it's so that's cool. really high. Yeah, it's outrageous. And so like prices are going up, but no one's Amazing. really getting Yeah. Yep, that's what that's that's the problem when people move there quickly is your your pay is still the same but the the housing prices go through the roof. Yeah, it's it's so your rent, utilities, do you have car car payment? I'm so lucky now I paid off my car. Good job. Okay, cool. So what other big expenses do you have? I know we have the credit card monthly payment, but in terms of rent, utilities, your car's paid off, you should probably have gas and insurance. Yes, so I allocate about 120 a month for gas. Okay. Gas is pretty cheap out here. Um, and my insurance I pay every six months. So mm-hmm. I make a budget for every month. Perfect. So when that six months comes around, I just make sure I pick up a few extra shifts to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. So it looks like, and then what are you putting right now on your credit card? Like, what do I pay towards it? What do you pay towards it? I always make sure I pay at least 200 Okay. But it, it varies. Right. So, like, I just make sure I make enough to pay for um, all everything in my budget. And then whatever I have left over, I go – it goes straight to my credit card. So, I've been pretty frugal, frugal lately. Like, I make sure that every penny that's in my account is going somewhere. So, it's kind of almost like I'm living paycheck to paycheck but I just want to get this debt done. So that's why I'm kind of doing that. Oh, that's perfect. So you account, so you at the beginning of the month know where every dollar, you have every dollar accounted for. Exactly. Perfect. No, that's a good way to do it. Um, so where else, where else are you putting money besides the place, the places we just went over? So that's still, we have about 2000. Yes. So I pay um, my cell phone bill. Oh, good for you. You pay your own cell phone bill. I've been doing that for some time now. Um, So we actually, my sister and I split the bill. So we pay for our parents too. So it's about $110 on my I feel like I need to have like a door prize for you because you're the (laughs) first person besides myself who pays for their parents that I've had on the show. Well, I feel bad they're retired and they've done, I mean, I know I'm in debt, but they've done so much for me that it's the least I could do. No, that's so nice of you. Okay, so you pay your cell phone bill on your parents' cell phone bill. And then every month, $50, it's not a lot, but $50 gets pulled and put into my savings. Okay. And then I pay health insurance, which is $206. Okay. And then with my job, I also have disability insurance. Okay. So that is 50 bucks a month. Perfect. And that's good that you have that because you have a... If you were injured, you wouldn't be able to go to work and you wouldn't get paid. Right. <laughs> yeah. It takes about 90 days for it to kick in, though, so that's what's concerning. Yeah, you have a 90 day. So that's essentially mm-hmm. your deductible. So you would have yep. to cover the 90 days. And then for groceries, it's about, since my boyfriend and I split it, I spend about 160 a month. Okay. And then I also have a little fun money, which is about $100 a month. <laughs> Perfect. And then the 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 fifty dollars into savings is that your IRA or is that 
No, that is my regular savings. So I had a meeting with my financial advisor and he's like, since you're trying to get out of debt and you're trying to like save for a house, maybe we should put like whatever you're contributing on hold. Okay. I was like, oh yeah, I guess that's more money that I could put towards my debt. Sure. And then how much you have in that, um, how much you have in your savings where the $50 is going and then how much you have in your IRA and is it a traditional or a Roth? It's a traditional. So I have just shy of 1000 in my savings. It's kind of that old David Ramsey, like make sure you have a thousand in your savings before you do anything. Yeah, no, that's perfect. And that counts as emergency money. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's money available to you if, you know, like, let's say you got in a car accident and couldn't go to work and you have that 90 day wait period for your disability, you could use the thousand dollars to live on. And that would get you at least two months of rent. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if anything happened, my boyfriend would step up to the plate if I couldn't afford it. Yeah. And cover it. That's always nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then how much do you have in your IRA? I have, I just checked a few days ago and it's $4,806.57. Perfect. Okay, great. Yeah. I agree that for the time being, if you want to get the debt paid off, it's better to focus on doing that. And then we can go back to the IRA. Okay. Um, so here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking get your credit card paid off. And then I would like to see you once that's done, put something back in the IRA. You don't because you're young. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be putting a lot into your IRA on a regular basis, but I would like for you to be putting something, even if it's $25. Oh, really? A pay so period like one- in. Okay. Once you get the credit card, I would like for you to turn that back on. Okay. Because right now for you to get, you know, 3900 paid off, and let's just say, like in five months, you're going to be putting more on that credit card than what we have allocated in your budget. You say you put everything, even if you did it in the, over the next six months, it's, you're really putting like $600, $650 on that. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. Does it sound about right? Yeah. And I guess, I, I know I'm kind of young, but I would like to know like, what else are my options for retirement? Because I have so many patients that are 65 or older and still working because they lost so much money in 2008. That is very possible. Um, and because in 2008, the market took a huge hit. So the ve- there's two different ways to look at retirement, what vehicles you're using. So for instance, are you using a traditional IRA versus a Roth IRA versus a work plan, like a 401k? And then what's inside of those vehicles? So what type of investments do you have? So when you, since you're 27 and let's say your target retirement is, you want to say 65? Yeah. Ideally okay. it would be like 35, but. <laughs> Mine's 35 too, but that's this summer. It's not <laughs> um, so let's say, yeah, there's like the ideal world. Like if, if something major happens and you win money or inherit, then like totally we can readjust. Um but let's just say it's 65, so you have 40 years, right? Mm-hmm. So for you, if a 2008 happened again, let's say next year, that would actually help you because you would be buying your investments on sale. They'd be 40% cheaper than they were the year before. Does that make sense? Yeah. But if you're 65 and your portfolio goes, let's just say you have a million dollars from a million dollars down to 600,000, well, you didn't really want that to go on sale. That doesn't, you didn't want to discount your entire retirement. But if you are a buyer, like you are at 27, 
you're getting a, quite a steal because it's 40% off. So what happened for people in 2008 is they hadn't planned probably for a major market correction. Nobody knew it was coming, but it's really important to diversify your investments when you get closer to retirement to make sure that you can still retire on the day or year that you want to retire, even if the market performance doesn't stay consistent. You have to plan for the market to go up and down. Okay. And is it better to also have like CDs and... Yep. So you want to always have, so this is, we've, I've, I don't think we've ever really talked very much in depth about retirement on the podcast, but so what I always recommend for someone who's going to retire is that you have all of your debt paid off, that you have a really solid emergency fund. And I would, you know, we would have to evaluate this when you get closer, but for instance, a lot of my clients, when they're going to retire, this is going to seem like an absorbent amount of money, but depending on what their needs are, have somewhere between 25 and a hundred thousand in cash for emergencies mm-hmm. before they retire and no debt. And then we have various types of investments, some investments that are guaranteed, some that are more aggressive, and then some that are more conservative so that when they go to retire, because the likelihood in a 30-year retirement, because that's how long statistically you'll be retired these days. If you retire at 65, we want to plan to 9095, because obviously people are living even longer than that. Yeah. Because um, you don't want to wake up on your 95th birthday and be like, oh, I feel great, but I'm out of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, you want to build a portfolio and have a plan in place that can weather the ups and downs of the market because we we know it's going to go up and down. We just don't know when that's going to happen. Okay. Does that make sense? No, it definitely does. So for you, I I would think that because you, what you don't want to do is have the 65-year-old who's coming into your office scare you out of the market because they got severely burned because you need... For you, it'll help you the more corrections we have, which means when the market goes down, because you're going to be buying more on sale. You'll buy more shares. Okay. So for you, that's that's not going to hurt. Now, this advice would be different. Um, my suggestions would be different for you if you were 55 or 60 and getting ready for retirement. I wouldn't be saying, oh, don't worry about it. Okay. Because time mitigates risk. So if we're targeting in your retirement account that you're going to retire in approximately 40 years or 38 years, you'll be able to weather all those ups and downs in the market and they will actually help you grow your account more. So for instance, um, the gentleman or woman who's in your office of 65 who 2008 really hurt, 2008 really helped my portfolio. Oh. Yeah, because I, in 2008, this is to date myself so terribly here. <laughs> I, was, I was 24. Just a spring chicken. I was spring chicken. I had no idea. (laughs) I was massively contributing to my 401k at that time. So that 2008 really helped me. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, that's always nice to hear. Yeah. And then the other thing I did in 2008 is I took money um, out of my bank account because I had an emergency fund. I walked down to Scott Trade. I opened a Scott Trade account and I bought a bunch of shares. Apple was one of them. And I held it because everything went... I mean, Apple was so cheap during in 2008 when the market crashed. So I bought it and then I sold it. And I obviously hindsight's 2020. Like if I had held it till today, it would be worth a lot more. But I sold it to take a vacation with my girlfriends. We rented a car. We drove Italy and France and it was so much fun. And that one stock purchase paid for that entire trip. Wow. Yeah. So my experience of 2008 was like, I made a lot of money that paid for a European vacation and the gentleman that you were talking to, he wasn't able to retire. See how different that perspective is? Yeah, that's crazy. 
yeah, it's the total opposite. So I would tell you that 2008 was really great for me. (laughs) And he didn't get to retire. So it's all about how you put your plan together and knowing that, you know, when you're going to be spending your money, what are your, your investments? Are they suitable for your situation? So mine were, his were not. Okay. Well, it's nice to get another person's perspective who's a lot younger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the, the, the thing I always warn people about personal finance is you always want to make sure that the personal finance advice um, or suggestions that you're getting are catered to you and your situation. Because personal finance has to fit you individually. There is no real right or wrong answer. It depends on your situation. Okay. I guess that kind of weans me into another question. So okay. I have a traditional right now, but I ideally want like a Roth. Yeah. I was going to say when you said, that's why I asked you, I was going to say right off, right out of the gate, I think a Roth would be better for you. Which that's what I was thought too, because it will be tax-free in the future. And you're not paying a ton in taxes right now. No, I'm really not. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, I haven't really gone too much into depth with it, but my financial advisor always says I should contribute to my traditional max that out before I open a Roth. And I'm always like, well, that's, that's a lot of money a month. That's like 550 a month towards just the traditional and then also on top of that, a Roth. Yeah, and you can't do both. Oh, I can't. No, you can only do one or the other. Okay. Maybe I need to give him a call because that's not how I, how I understand it. Um, as far as I know, you can you can choose between, you can do either the traditional or you can do the Roth, but you normally can't double dip. Okay. So if I was choosing for you, you could just ask them to switch. Um, switch roll it over? To, well, no, you leave your traditional where it is, keep the money there. Uh-huh. Um, and then I would just open a Roth IRA and do that going forward. Because okay. here's my my thought for you. What what does your boyfriend make? Do you know? Um, I do know. Uh, we talk about money all the time. Oh, good. Um, he is a photographer and videographer, so he makes it honestly varies. It's either okay. like minimum five grand a month, okay, or it could be like forty five grand a month. Forty five thousand. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because a couple of photo shoots, yeah. Which is crazy, but also people are like, that's so much money, but he pays his own taxes. Yeah, so that's 45 gross, which mm-hmm. is very different. So yeah, so let's say you get married and you're married filing joint. A Roth might not make sense at that point. Why is that? Because you'd be combining your incomes. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So you should be doing the Roth. Roth now, and then when we filed go back to the traditional? So then we just have to reevaluate it when, it, when you get okay. married and if you combine your incomes because you would then file Mary filing joint. Um, so then maybe it wouldn't make sense to do a Roth at that point if his income is really high. You might not even be eligible, to be honest. Oh. It depends on, on what he's showing for income. And so that's the other interesting thing because he owns his own business. Um, it just depends on how much he actually shows as income versus business revenue, right? That it's not, even if he brings in 45000 a month, he has his business expenses and maybe employees and he has to pay Medicare and social security and all, you know, all of that. It's not necessarily W2 to him. Right. Yeah. When he pays his taxes. So he, instead of doing it quarterly, he just saves up a bunch and does it all in April. So it's okay. It's scary when he's like, Oh yeah, I owe this much. I'm like, Oh, that could be a wedding ring, a big wedding ring. <laughs> a big wedding ring. Yeah. So given that, and your financial advisor might not know that at the time, but given that you are planning on getting married and then at that point, 
the, what happens is your taxes, your income goes in together. You could be potentially capped out and not eligible to do a Roth because your income combined would be too high. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I would definitely switch to the Roth. Okay. And I think that we should, once you get the credit card paid off, I'm just running your numbers to make you see how much you really have left over here. But I'm thinking once the credit card's paid off, you put all of that money towards the Roth and try and from now until when you get married, max out your Roth at the 5,500 if you can, or get as close to it as possible. If you do 3,000, do 3,000, but use that money to put some in the Roth. Just seeing here where we... It's about $1,594 a month. After you add everything up. And then you bring in 3000 I think it's just shy of 3000 a month. And we'll just say you end up spending 1600 So you have 1400 left in your budget. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So pay, get the credit cards paid off. And then I would set up a Roth with your advisor. Um, and then I would start... You could definitely do... if you Even if you did 300 a month, so 150 a pay period, that okay. would get... That would get you to that would get you to thirty six hundred, and then you could always, if you had extra money every month, dump more in there so you get up to the fifty five. Okay, and we do like I want to buy a house in a year. Well, maybe a year in April. Is there? How would I allocate? Should I just like split that in half and do like yes, only... so split it. I would split it in half and do half for oh your emergency fund. <laughs> I mean, I can always work more, but yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Okay, I want you in the Roth just in case you're not eligible for it down the road. That's what, do, do, do. let's see here. So you have 1600 So yeah, why don't you do that? Let's say you have 1500 I mean, this is having you on a tight budget. Gosh, I spend everyone's money. <laughs> Divide it by three. Well, so do 500 a month into savings, 500 for the house, and then whatever you want in the Roth. I would say three to 500 in the Roth because you could really only do 400 You could only really do 400 in the Roth. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So 400 a month in the Roth, 500 into your emergency fund. Okay. Okay. And then 500 into the house fund. Okay. Once the credit cards are paid off. Okay. Um, I didn't pay for a wedding in there though. No. <laughs> but, okay. So, okay. Here we can do get the emergency fund up. You don't have your rent is your big expense. So you, if you got your emergency fund up, to like $3,500, okay, which is five months away, that would be enough to cover you for three months, you know, b- basic stuff. Right. You know, you'd have shelter and stuff. And um, then from there, you could take that, and you could even keep it in the emergency fund for the time being, but then after five months, then it's really earmarked for a wedding. Okay. Yeah, weddings are expensive. Even- weddings are super expensive. It's hard to do them cheap. <laughs> It is hard to do them cheap. I have looked into it. Um, it's very expensive. But I think it's worth planning and figuring out what your budget is and really sticking to it than ending up... I definitely have met with people who are still paying off the wedding like a year and a half later. No, I after getting this credit card off, I will never... <laughs> that's, that's the problem because you kind of have to have credit and like a good score to be eligible for anything, but it's credit cards are scary. Credit cards are very scary. I 100%. So what do you think I should put? Like once my credit card's paid off, should I, like how much should I put on it and then pay it off to, pay like, it should off I put my gas money. and groceries on it and then pay it off like as soon as that goes through or? Yes. Always pay it off. There should never, okay. so like it should be paid off monthly. So when it, whenever it's due, pay it in full. Okay. So 
you can use it so that you can get points, right, and cash right. back. But you don't want to be carrying a balance because you don't want to be paying interest on it. Right, right, right. So, but it, I guess I'm asking if I put just my gas and groceries, so like two eighty a month on it and pay it off, is that enough to help my score? Oh, will it improve your score? Well, once you get it paid off, that will improve your score, right? Because you don't, mm-hmm. you won't have outstanding, you won't be utilizing all of your um, debt available. Okay. Um, so there's, I think there's five factors, I forget off the top of my head, that are comprised of your, how they come up with your credit score. Um, but paying it, yeah, paying off your balance in full every month will help. Another part of it is getting it paid, the balance paid down. And then another part of it is just having more time, more history with them. Okay. I opened my first credit card when I was 18 and I still have that account open. So I feel like that has helped my score a lot too. Yeah, you, how is your score? You, I'm sure you have a decent score. I have a 720. So it's not oh, terrible, yeah. but it could definitely be better. No, I think that's a really good score. Um, yeah. So if you pay it off and then consistently make on-time payments, your score will go up a bit. Okay. And there's no issue with putting it on and then paying it off. Putting on 280 versus putting 400 or 500 on it won't make a difference as long as it's paid off monthly. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I would like, so my boyfriend has an 800. <laughs> I would like how, how old is your boyfriend? We're the same age, but he's actually never had his own credit card. This is just like company cards that have been in his name. Name? Okay. So it's like really high balances and then they pay it off in full. So... Yeah. I mean, you're very close. I think when you get yours paid off and you make on-time payments, you'll see it bump up. Okay. Well, that's... You just really want to beat him. <laughs> I <have to> yes. <laughs> I'm not competitive at all. Not competitive at all. Um, no, that should help your credit score. Okay. Awesome. So if we... Just like a future question. If we get married, should we have our... I- like my IRA combined with his, or should we have that all separate? No, that's a great question. You can't actually combine your IRA with anybody else. Hmm. And the reason why is because um, they're the way they're actually titled is they're held in trust for you. Okay. And it's the government to your partner in it because you owe tax. Even though the Roth IRA after five years and 59 and a half has no tax, um, the government is your partner with retirement accounts because your traditional IRA owes tax. So therefore the IRS has partnered with you on that. So they wouldn't want you to combine it with anybody else because they want to be able to track you and your age and make sure you're paying your tax when you do take distributions. Okay. So it's always in single name. The only time you would see an IRA with someone else's name on it is if you inherit an IRA. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally does. My parents are, get my, if anything were to happen, my parents do get my IRA. Yeah. So let's just say something happened terrible and, one of your parents passed away and they left you their IRA, Mm -hmm. you would inherit the IRA. So it would stay, let's just say it's your father. Your father's name would stay on it. And then your name would be on it as well. Okay. But it's like, it doesn't get pulled out or anything. It's okay. There's a few options. So if that happens, it's a a totally different conversation, a little bit more complicated. There are different options um, for a, it's called a beneficiary driven IRA. So there's a few options of what you can do when that, if, God forbid that happens. Um, but that's the only time you would see someone else's name on an IRA with yours. Okay. Um, but the way with non-retirement assets, so non-retirement monies, meaning money that's already paid tax, like for instance, your savings account or an investment account, you can make things joint and have two names on that. Okay. Awesome. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it definitely does. And I would say everyone does their finances different, um, but I would err on the side of like always maybe keeping your own account. Okay. You do a joint account for household bills. Not everyone does it this way, but you could do a joint account for household bills and then you each have your own separate account so that you have your own account as well. Okay. Yeah, my... I think I saw a meme where it was like, my grandmother called me after I hung up and was like, make sure you always keep your own account. <laughs> yeah, always. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's not a bad idea. Um, yeah, ideally I would like to if we do decide to have kids only have to work to save for like rainy day money, vacation money, and their college money, like a 529. Yeah. And then he covers all the other bills, but that will be a bridge to cross when we get there. <laughs> yes. And it's also important that you, you, you want to always make sure you save for retirement. And I feel like I'm like, I'm a positive person, but I just see things like I see what people are, what happens to people in like their sixties and seventies and eighties and fifties. You want to always be knowledgeable about everything on your own and what your retirement assets are. And I would think it's always important to have to also save for yourself too. Just God forbid something happens that you're taken care of as well. Okay. You always you always want to have you always want to have an understanding of what's happening financially. It sounds like you but you do. I try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but does so this sound I'll, good for like a short term? So get the credit cards and then we're going to split up that money um, for Roth, emergency fund, after emergency fund, wedding, and then the other money for house. That sounds really good. Uh, you talk about term life insurance a lot too. Do yes. you think that's something I should do? Especially with my parents being retired, I would hate for them to have to like pay for a funeral and burial site and that's crazy expensive. It is crazy expensive. Um, it's definitely something to look at. I bought my term insurance be- kind of before a little bit before I needed it um, because you can buy it. The, the older you get, the more expensive it gets. So you're under 30. Mm-hmm. So if you looked at it now, you could get a policy probably. And so is that money like if I pass my like whoever's on it gets all of it? Because I yep. ideally would like to pay for the funeral and then of course, like my siblings would be taking off time for work. So to compensate them for that. And yeah, you can usually do more than one beneficiary. So you could split it up. Okay. So for instance, um, in one of our classes, we give an example. If you, and you want to do level term, um, if you did, and this is for a 30 year old, um, and this is just a hypothetical example. Um, so everyone's situation will be different, but a $500,000 policy for a 30 year old, um, for 30 years, meaning after 30 years, you have no more insurance, um, was $35 a month. That's it. Yeah. It's cheap. And then once that's up in 30 years, do you get a different, or you just hope to have enough money to cover everything? You got it. That's perfect. Yep. You hope after 30 years that you have a net worth of 500,000 and you don't need the insurance because you the way you think about it is you're having insurance when you don't have the net worth. And once you have the net worth, you don't really need the insurance. Okay. I, and so if I have a fully funded emergency fund, should I get rid of my disability insurance? No, never. Okay. No, I think with your line of work, it's important to have it. Okay. Um, yeah. So I would keep your disability insurance. Okay. Yeah. And then what I would do is you could definitely look, for a term policy and just get it in place now for $35 a month. Um, you have to do health questions and all that, but then at least you have a policy in place if you're planning on 
you know, being married and having kids down the road, then that way you have insurance. I normally don't recommend you get it until you have a house and, you know, children. But if you wanted to look into it earlier, you just, the prices are probably a little cheaper. You just be paying a bit longer. Okay. Are you allowed to recommend a company? Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't think I am. <laughs> What I would do is I would look online and see um, what the different pricing options are, but I would do definitely do term. I would not do whole because to give you an example, whole life in that scenario would run around $450 a month. Oh my gosh. I know it's insane. That's and the thing is, is the problem with whole life is we have all these other goals for you. We don't only want to have insurance and you don't even need it at this moment. Right. Right. So more of a priority to save for your retirement and house and wedding and emergency fund. The insurance is really on the back burner, like down the road. Um, so that's why you definitely would want term. Okay. Wow. This has been great. <laughs> good. I'm glad you found it out. You had a really good question. You've definitely listened to so many pods. <laughs> yeah. I've listened to yours religiously and a few others. <laughs> yeah. You know your stuff. Well, thank you so much for your help. I'm trying to think if I have any other questions. Yeah, well, you can always shoot us a message if you if you have anything else. Um, I will wrap it up for our listeners. So thank you for tuning in to Future Rich. Our goal is to get you future rich. And if you like us, leave a comment on iTunes, um, subscribe, um, give us a rating. And also you can follow us on Instagram at Planancial. And you can check out our classes at www.planancial.com. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.